All right. Hi, everyone. Happy, happy day. It's good to see everybody. Um, a special shout out to George and Shauna, who I don't see yet. But George and Shauna. Oh, there she is. Okay. Special shout out to George and Shauna for taking care of me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. What would I do without you? <laughs> I probably wouldn't be here right now because I'd have to drive to La Vida right now, right? So, uh, yeah, thank you. We had There was an accident. Not an accident. Well, I guess it was an accident. The condo above us accidentally screwed uh, a screw into a water pipe, which then caused water to come down into our unit and into George's unit which is how it was discovered, I guess, when the water came into George's unit. But I'm not in La Vida, so George and Shana are like taking care of everything. Isn't that sweet? Yay. All right. Um, and then uh, a special shout out to Anne, who's just sending me all kinds of work to do, and I promise I'll get to it. <laughs> I see all these emails from Anne. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I will get to it. Uh, I've been busy dealing with uh, actually house stuff, talking to builders and things like that. Um, so I, I will get to that. And uh, a special shout out to Dove, just because I see him again. Hey, Dove. <laughs> All right. So um, what I am doing right now in clarifying the teachings is going over the basics, the basic practices. Uh, we went over in the first pretty much six months or so, maybe five months, we went over different maps of consciousness, uh, which, of course, uh, is really nice to have a, a view of. Um, we talked about moving up through the levels of consciousness, you know, from the fourth principle of God to the third principle of God to the second principle of God up into the first principle of God. Um, but for me, probably what's most important are the basic practices, you know, talking about the levels of consciousness, that's talking about the what talking about the basic practices is talking about the how. So, um, you know, we've gone over the difference between ego and clarity or the wrong mind and the right mind. Uh, we looked at NTI Matthew chapter 13, which is asking us, you know, where are you going to put your faith? Which thoughts are you going to put your faith with? Last week, we looked at NTI Galatians 6, which is the process of forgiveness, which really, for me, the emphasis of that is before you start inquiring into your thoughts, take the time to, to bring up that willingness or that true desire or that right perspective, you know, so that you're looking at it from the right mind instead of from the wrong mind. Um, today, we are going to look at NTI Luke chapter 12. Uh, if you have NTI and you want to look with me, that starts on page 151. So again, we're just going over some of the core practices that we're uh, really helpful to me. So starting with NTI Luke chapter 12, it says, now let's talk about the work you are to do. You are aware that there will be resistance, great resistance. 
Do not lose this awareness and always be on guard. When resistance arises in your mind in any form, let it go immediately in gratitude as valueless. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to start with that because, first of all, when I was the scribe of NTI and I was scribing NTI Luke chapter 12, I had not yet come to my great resistance. I mean, I'd come to some great resistance, but there was a lot more great resistance to come. <laughs> so um, I'll tell you what this paragraph did for me, because I have, I've seen other people read the same paragraph and get scared. Like, oh my gosh, there's going to be resistance. That's so scary. I will tell you that's actually reading this paragraph with the wrong mind. In fact, remember when we looked at what's the difference between the ego and clarity, fear was on the ego side of that line, right? Fear is not on the clarity side of the line. It's on the ego side of the line. So if you read this paragraph and you're like, oh, my God, what's going to come? How, how scary? You're reading it with the ego. Um, here's how the right mind communicated into my mind as this paragraph was being scribed. The way that I felt this particular paragraph was when resistance comes, because it will, realize it's normal. It's that simple. There's nothing wrong with you. Uh, there's not anything about the resistance that needs to be believed. It's no reason to turn and run from the spiritual path. It's just a part of the process, right? There's going to be resistance. Just see it as normal. And then it says that whenever it arises in your mind, let, you know, let it go immediately in gratitude as valueless. The ingratitude really meant, again, knowing that it's normal, as valueless but it doesn't have any real meaning. So it, here's how I came to see resistance. If I am experiencing great resistance right now, I must be on the edge of a great breakthrough. Yeah, <laughs> Yolanda like that. <laughs> That's how I came to see resistance. If I am experiencing great resistance right now, I must be on the edge of a great breakthrough because why else would the ego be coming up so big trying to stop me unless I'm getting somewhere? That's where the ingratitude fit. You know, I must be making some kind of progress if this resistance is getting so strong. I'm really grateful. And then, but then letting it go is valueless. It's just the ego screaming. It's not what I value. I don't value the resistance. I value the breakthrough that's about to come. You see? One of the great mistakes that I have seen some other people make is believing their resistance. Right? Believing that the resistance is them. The resistance isn't you. The willingness is you. You see? 
You have to know the difference between what is and isn't you. Sure, the resistance is showing up, but that's not you. That's what's trying to stop you. What you want to identify with is the willingness, not the resistance. But do realize if the resistance is coming, that means you're getting somewhere. You are making progress. That's, it's good news when that resistance gets big. So now let's talk about the work you are to do. You are aware that there will be resistance. Great resistance. <laughs> do not lose this awareness and always be on guard. Meaning, and I'll tell you what always be on guard here means. This is not fearful anyway. Always be on guard in this case means always be aware so that you can notice resistance as resistance. Right? So you don't mistake it for you. So you're not thinking, you know, I don't want to go that way, you know, because that's scary. Right? <laughs> you want to be on guard. You want to be aware. You want to be aware. Ah, that's resistance. That's what that is. Okay. This means I'm moving in the right direction or else the resistance wouldn't have to come up, right? The ego doesn't have to get big when you're doing what the ego wants you to do. <laughs> <laughs> the ego only gets big when you're doing what the ego doesn't want you to do. So this is good news. So now let's talk about the work you are to do. You are aware that there will be resistance, great resistance. Do not lose this awareness and always be on guard. When resistance arises in your mind in any form, let it go immediately in gratitude as valueless. This, the resistance isn't what I value, right? That's what this means. That's not what I value. Just like NTI Matthew chapter 13 said, where are you going to put your faith? We could also say, what are you going to value? The resistance is not what I value, right? This isn't where I'm going to put my faith. The next paragraph says, the work you are to do is within the mind. It is a work of being aware, not of the world, but of your thoughts about the world. Okay, I love this. this. Of course, the only reason I'm reading these chapters to you is because they're some of my favorite chapters, some of my most helpful, most helpful to me chapters, right? So here we go. This is, to me, this is really exciting stuff. <laughs> Maybe very, very boring to other people. I don't know, but it's, to me, it's very, in fact, my brother, I think it was my brother. Yeah, it was my brother. When NTI first came out, my family bought it and started reading it just because it was written by my hand, even though they're not on the spiritual path. And I think my brother, I think he was the one that said he got as far as page 13, but it was as boring as reading the Bible. <laughs> so, so this stuff may be exciting to me, but I do understand it's not exciting to everyone. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Starting with sentence seven. Right now, you think you are focused on the world. You think you are focused on relationships, work, entertainment, and rest. But I tell you that you are not focused on any of these things. You never have been. Even your thought that you are focused on the world is an illusion. 
within the mind. What you are focused on and have always been focused on is thought. I'll stop right there. I'll keep reading in a moment. But, you know, I started telling you about how the, the water was coming down from the unit above through our unit and, and down into to George's unit today. Uh, you know, I can only imagine how once upon a time I might have seen that. Uh, but I would imagine that once upon a time there would have been upset at the person upstairs for screwing the screw into a water pipe. I know it was an, I would imagine it was an accident, but I mean, that at one time they just would have been like, you know, how stupid can you be? Uh, there would have been fear about, you know, what's the damage to our unit? What, what's this going to mean for us? How much trouble is this going to cause us? Is this going to cause our insurance to go up? Uh, there probably would have been, what else would there have been? There would have been anger, judgment, fear. Oh, just, oh, I have enough work to do. What do you call that feeling? <laughs> oh, one more thing to do, right? Burdened, maybe. You call that burdened? Burdened? Um, so what this is saying is that once upon a time when all of that would have been going on for me, I would not have been just looking at the situation as it is. I would have been looking at my thoughts about the situation. My thought about, you know, maybe how stupid the guy upstairs was or how irresponsible the guy upstairs was. My thought about all my thoughts about whatever fear, whatever this means for me. Uh, Oh, yeah, my thought about how I already have so much other stuff to do. This is one more thing. That's what this is saying. You think you're dealing with a water leak. You're not dealing with a water leak. You're dealing with your thoughts about the water leak. Do you see the difference? And it says, and this has always been the case. You've always thought you were focused on the world, but you weren't focused on the world. You are focused on your thoughts about the world. So I'll read that part again, and then we'll continue. Right now, and listen to all the things that we think we're focused on as I read this, okay? Right now, you think you are focused on the world. You think you are focused on relationships, work, entertainment, and even rest. We, you know, we call, might call that vacation, right? But I tell you that you're not focused on any of these things. You never have been. Even your thought that you are focused on the world is an illusion within the mind. What you are focused on and have always been focused on is thought. In every moment in your seeming interaction with the world, you are focused on thought. And because you see yourself as a separate entity within the world, you are focused on thoughts that seem to be generated within the private mind that belongs to you. Let's look very carefully at this process of which you are barely aware. <laughs> Listen. 
Oh, that's funny. I, I think that's funny. Let's look very carefully at this process of which you are barely aware. And yet it defines everything you think, believe, and do. So you can see why this, maybe you can see why this is exciting to me. Because when I wrote this as the scribe, this was waking me up to that in my own mind. You see? Like up until I wrote this, I was not aware of the thoughts in my mind. This is what woke me up to them. This is what got me started watching those thoughts and noticing how the interpretation was happening in the mind and I was believing the interpretation. Up until that, I was believing without seeing. You see? <laughs> Whenever you look at anything with the body's eyes, there are thoughts in your mind about that thing. Just think about that. Whenever you look at anything with the body's eyes, there are thoughts about that thing. If you look at a chair, for example, you may think that it is pretty, worn out, available, desired, not desired, clean, dirty, etc., etc. The thoughts that come into your mind seem automatic without any awareness or evaluation on your part. You may make judgments about the chair based on your thoughts, and you may choose to sit there or not sit there based on your judgment. But you never look at, evaluate, or question the thoughts you hold about the chair. And this is only a chair. So think about, you know, you walk into a room, Maybe it's like walking into the Awakening Together retreat house downstairs where we have different chairs in different places. The chairs all look different. There's a certain chair where the, the facilitator or the teacher is going to be. When you walk into the room, what this is saying is there's a little analysis, a little evaluation that runs through your mind before you pick your chair. This evaluation is most likely very self-centered, right? Um, I remember once when I was in a theater with my dad and a busload of people came in. It was a busload of retired people traveling together. And a busload of people came in and the bus driver told the lady at the front of the row, you know, go all the way down to the end, right? Because he's going to fill all of his bus people up in this row, go all the way down to the end. And she gets about halfway down to the end and she turns around. They were like two or three rows in front of us. So we heard all this. She's about halfway to the end and she turns around. She goes, I don't want to go all the way down to the end. If I go all the way down to the end, I won't be able to see the stage well. And my dad, who has always been very wise, leans over and he says, she's not thinking at all about her friends. Right? Because if she doesn't go down to the end, someone else in her group is going to have to, right? You see, that's, that's the way we think, typically. That's the way we think. So we're evaluating everything from our personal point of view. But we're never looking at those thoughts and evaluating them. We're never asking if those thoughts are reasonable, right-minded, 
wrong-minded. And, you know, some people um, are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum in a funny way. They won't sit down till everybody else does, not because they're being courteous, because they're afraid to take a seat that maybe someone else wants. I know people like that, too. They're afraid. You know, what if somebody else is offended? What if I took a seat somebody else wanted? That's still the same thing, just the opposite end of the spectrum. Instead of just going and sitting where it's kind of natural to sit without any thinking about it at all, right? So, so again, and we're just talking about a chair. That's what this is pointing out. And we're just talking about a chair. Think about how complex your conditioning is and your way of thinking is and your way of making decisions are just about a chair. And then realize you're that way with all of your relationships, with your work, with your inner choices of entertainment, what you're going to do, what you're not going to do, with everything. So then this continues. The process that you call thinking, of which you are mostly unaware, goes on within your mind regarding everything in your world. You make unevaluated judgments about the work you do, the relationships you have, the pastimes you choose, and the person you think of as yourself. You even make unevaluated, unevaluated judgments about you, right? You believe thoughts about you and who you are and how good or not good you are without questioning the thoughts. These unevaluated judgments define everything and everyone within your world. And they are allowed within your mind without your awareness, your questioning, or your evaluation. So this is the work that I ask you to do. I ask you to slow down your pace a bit. You may choose how you will slow it down. Pick a method that seems most comfortable to you now but find a way to reduce the distractions in your life so you can take the time to become aware of the thoughts that seem automatic in your mind. What are these thoughts? What are they saying to you? Why are you listening to them? Are they thoughts of love? You know, if you want to, you could write these questions down because these are great questions to inquire. I can tell you the way I slowed down. And of course, many of you know me, so this is not news to you. I slowed down by setting time aside in my life for daily journaling. For me, writing was the best way to start watching the mind. And in my journaling practice, I mean, sometimes I had an upset right then, and I would look at that upset. Sometimes I looked back at, well, I remember yesterday while I was making dinner, I got mad at Jasmine because, right? Like, I'm not, not really mad at Jasmine anymore, but I didn't really stop and look at that yesterday either. So let me look at that now, right? So I would look at current upsets, or I would look at recent upsets um, that I know I didn't pause and look at, and I would journal. And again, I would write down the thoughts. What thoughts do I remember in my mind? I would write them down. So that was my method of slowing down, journaling. 
But once the thoughts are written down, I mean, the first question is, what are the thought? What are these thoughts? So yesterday when I got mad at Jasmine, what was I thinking? Well, I was thinking uh, she wasn't listening to me. I was thinking she didn't respect me. I was thinking, I don't have time for this right now, right? You just write down whatever you were thinking, right? These are the thoughts that were in my mind. Now, what are they saying to you, right? What are they saying to you? Well, then I would go back and look at the thought. Well, this thought is saying, uh, my daughter's an annoyance to me. That's what these thoughts are saying. They're saying she's in the way of what I want. That's what these thoughts are saying, right? Because that is what they're saying. Why are you listening to them? Whew. That's a good question. Why am I listening to them? You know, what, what, caught, what happens when I listen to them? Well, I listen to them and I get annoyed. I listen to them and I want her out of my space, right? Are they thoughts of love? No, they're not thoughts of love. So you see, even these simple questions are just giving me the chance to look at my thoughts with awareness and evaluate whether they're useful to me or not. You see, what this is telling us is that when we don't evaluate our thoughts, we are just believing them. We're just acting on them. We're kind of like robots. And it's saying if you would stop and take the time, slow down, take the time, look at your thoughts, and then literally just evaluate them. You know, is it helpful, especially with my spiritual goals in mind, is it helpful for me to think of my daughter as a burden or an obstacle in my life, of being in the way of what I want? <coughs> is that self-centeredness helpful to my spiritual goal? <coughs> is that a thought? I want, I want to just blindly believe? You see? <coughs> the answers, I think, are pretty obvious. Like, no. No, next time, and in fact, here's what I did. Of course, the story I'm kind of making up, I don't remember the specifics about, you know, last night, Jasmine at dinner. But um, <coughs> I do remember that I came up with these thoughts about her being an obstacle in my life, uh, her not respecting me, uh, her being way too clingy. I never feel free because she's always clinging to me. Like, these are thoughts I discovered. And I looked at these thoughts and I questioned these thoughts. And are these thoughts helpful to my spiritual aspiration? And I decided they really aren't helpful. Like there's, there's these thoughts. In fact, this is the language I used. These thoughts do not serve me. Now, they did serve the ego, right? Right. They kept me self-centered. So they serve the ego. But they did not serve me because I was identified with my willingness, not with the ego. Right? These thoughts do not serve me, is, is, is literally what I came to see. And so then after that, that doesn't mean the thoughts quit coming. It just meant now when they came, I became aware of them. And like I remember those thoughts would start coming about, you know, Jasmine being a burden, Jasmine getting in my way, Jasmine keeping me away from what I want to do. And I remember she would walk up, maybe I'd be typing, and she'd start, Mama, 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 and these thoughts are there, you know. I would stop. 
I would turn completely around in my chair. I would literally point my toes at her because I read somewhere that if you point your toes at some at someone, you're really paying attention to them. So I would actively point my toes at her and I would say, yes, Jasmine, what do you want? In other words, I learned not to follow the thoughts. You see, in fact, I started doing the exact opposite of what the thought said. And this came up in that movie that we saw a couple of months ago, the movie of the month. What was it? Start with a V. Was it Violet? Somebody remember? Violet? Wasn't there a billboard in that movie about something like do the opposite of your thoughts? I did that. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. If the thoughts were saying she's annoying, you know, she's getting in my way. This is more important than her. Because I had evaluated those thoughts now before I just believed them, right? But because I had evaluated those thoughts now, I had decided these thoughts do not serve me. Then when I would hear them, I would do their opposite. I'd put things down. I'd turn around. I'd point my toes at Jasmine and give her my attention. So you can see how this fits with NTI Matthew chapter 13 about what are you going to put your faith in, right? This is just saying you've got all these unevaluated judgments that are landing in your mind all the time while you're dealing with life. And you need to start slowing down, taking the time to look at them and evaluate them. And evaluate them means take the time to ask, are these the thoughts I want to live by? Are the, do I value these thoughts? Are these the thoughts I want to put faith in? Do these thoughts serve my spiritual purpose? Because if you don't take the time to do that, then you're, you're just believing them. So this is the work that I ask you to do. I ask you to slow down your pace a bit. You may choose how you will slow it down. Pick a method that seems most comfortable to you now, but find a way to reduce the distractions in your life so you can take the time to become aware of the thoughts that seem automatic in your mind. What are these thoughts? What are they saying to you? Why are you listening to them? (laughs) Are they thoughts of love? Now, the next paragraph is really interesting, but of course, this is for a beginner because I was a beginner at the time. Do not worry what you will do with these thoughts as you evaluate them. I will be with you present in your mind as you undertake this work of looking and questioning. For now, it is simply useful to become aware of the thoughts you think and are focused on when you think you're focused on the world. So this, I will be with you, present in your mind, that's clarity, right? So what's happening when I'm looking at these thoughts and I'm starting to realize, you know, hating my daughter does not serve me, does not serve my purpose. Like, it's not useful. That's actually clarity. It just feels like me having insight, you see. It doesn't feel like some divine God speaking to me, you know. It's just me having insight, me realizing what I want. But that me is the clarity that uses the word I 
in NTI. You see, it's nothing that's separate from me. It's something that I easily have clarity if I slow down and look. The only time I don't easily have clarity is when I'm rushing through life, just believing everything that's popping up in my mind, right? But if I slow down and look and ask some questions about these thoughts, I know what I value. I know what I want. And it's easy for me to see that these thoughts are not helpful. There's nothing magical or mystical about this. But I have to take, make the decision to actually slow down and look. Otherwise, they're just zooming by, believed, never seen. They're running me, and I'm not even aware of them. <laughs> the next question uh, is uh, the next paragraph, verses 13 to 21. You may ask why you should do this work, especially when there is resistance telling you that you have better things to do with your time. I will tell you the truth. <laughs> I probably spent four hours a day journaling for maybe 10 years. That's the truth. This isn't something I did in 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day never would have gotten me to the clarity of mind that I have now. And so you can see why this sentence is here. You may ask why you should do this work, especially when there is resistance telling you that you have better things to do with your time. But notice that word resistance. And do you remember what we said about resistance a while ago? That if there's resistance, it means you're actually getting somewhere. So like if you're considering taking an hour a day, two hours a day, three hours a day, four hours a day to look at your thoughts, and then this resistance comes up, that means, yay, look at your thoughts. <laughs> Ego doesn't want you to. That must be the right thing to do, right? <laughs> Right? That's what that means. That's good news. It means you've made a good decision because ego doesn't like it. It must be a really good decision. <laughs> so you may, ask, you may ask why you should do this work, especially when there is resistance telling you that you have better things to do with your time. I tell you that until you have evaluated the thoughts that are within your mind, you are unaware of why you do the things that you do. Until you've evaluated the thoughts that are within your mind, you are unaware of why you do the things that you do. You're unaware of why you're mad at the guy upstairs. Or you're unaware of why you're so nervous. Should I be here teaching right now? Maybe I should jump in the car and drive to La Vida. You know, you're unaware of why you're behaving the way you're behaving. Because you're unaware of the thoughts you're believing. You're unaware of the thoughts that are driving you. It was suggested to me by um, my partner who is not on the spiritual path that I should skip this teaching and drive to Levita. That's what was suggested. This is an emergency. 
I needed to go down there. I needed to be the one there. And that I should skip this teaching and drive down there. And I pa- here's what I did. I paused. I felt within. Is that true? I mean, I didn't say no. Is that true? No, I think I should just go right on with my plan as it was already planned, which was to stay here and teach. And then tomorrow, I'll see what tomorrow brings. I don't have any thoughts about tomorrow yet. Um, but I don't think I should jump in the car and go to Levita. In fact, I bet you it wouldn't add anything if I went there. I bet Shauna and George are twice as good as me. <laughs> now, I mean, eventually I'll have to go down. You know, I do have to go look at it uh, at some point, I think. You know, I'm going to have to manage getting the work done, whatever work has to be done, right? So, I mean, I'm going to be involved. But it wasn't something that required me to skip my teaching tonight. So, you got to pause. you got to look. you got to question, right? you, you know, got to feel, feel. Feeling is so important. Do I really feel? And not fear doesn't count as feeling, by the way. If you feel fear, that doesn't count. If you feel, feel guilt, oh, I could have felt guilt. Guilt that Sean and George are doing all this stuff. I didn't even think of that one. I, I'm sorry for not feeling guilty, guys. <laughs> you know what I felt? I felt gratitude. That's what I felt. Gratitude that I have such dear friends who are there and on top of it for me when I can't be there. That's what I felt. But if you go back and you look at that list of what's ego and what's clarity or right mind, which side do you find the gratitude on? Right mind. Right. My mom also, by coincidence, happened to be there, which was really funny. So she also went in and looked at it and took some pictures. Um, you know, it just felt like, to me like considering what was happening, it was all being taken care of, at least for now. My role will come. But right now, everything was being taken care of. But again, this is saying if you are evaluating your thoughts, you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. You don't know that you're jumping in the car and driving to La Vida out of guilt and fear and anger, right? So you have to take the time to look and see what's driving you. Without the awareness that comes from this evaluation, can you be sure that you're storing up the treasures you want to store up? So our guilt and fear, and judgment, and anger, the treasures I want to store up? No. No, not at all. But so you have to look and ask that. I call that the content of the thoughts. What's the content of this thought? Oh, that's judgment. What's the content of the, oh, there's anger there. What's the content of this? Oh, that's fear. What's the content of this? Oh, that's guilt. You know, that George and Sean are having to do all this. That's guilt, right? Is that what I want to listen to? Is that what I want to drive me? Is that the treasure I want to keep? Because trust me, that's what I get to do. I get to keep it. So without the awareness that comes from this evaluation, can you be sure that you are storing up the treasures that you want stored up? If your time is spent based on the judgments made by thoughts that are not truly valuable to you, whose treasure are you storing up? You know, it's not mine. 
whose is it? You know, I mean, I guess we could say the ego, but I think the real answer to the question is illusion. Right? It's illusion. I'm storing up illusion and continuing illusion. Because I don't think anybody, and I really mean this, I don't think anybody, if they evaluated their thoughts with their right mind, would want to store up judgment, anger, fear, and guilt. I think everybody wants peace, happiness, gratitude, love. So I'm not storing up anybody's treasure. It's an illusory treasure that really none of us want. Not even the meanest guy on the planet. His only problem is he's not evaluating with his right mind. But if he was, he'd want the same thing I want, right? He's no different from me. So without the awareness that comes from this evaluation, can you be sure that you are storing up the treasures that you want stored up? If your time is spent based on the judgments made by thoughts that are not truly valuable to you, whose treasure are you storing up? Is it truly yours? But if you look at your thoughts, evaluate them, determine that they are valuable to you, and then make your life by following these thoughts, well, then you can be sure you are storing up treasures that have meaning. And this is really talking about, again, looking at my right-minded thoughts. You know, because my right-minded thoughts are the thoughts that I really want. Right? Trusting what is, feeling gratitude for my dear friends that are there, taking care of what needs to be taken care of, being willing to step up to my role. There's no avoidance here of responsibility. Being willing to step up to my role and do what I need to do here. Right? But all of this. All of this, these are the kinds of treasures I want, right? So when I act based on those thoughts, I am acting based on my authentic self. So first, look at your thoughts. Then, when you have become aware of the thoughts you have allowed there, we will evaluate your thoughts together according to what is truly valuable to you. And there's more to this chapter, which I think I'll go ahead and look at. But first, this is kind of like the end of one topic and the beginning of another topic. So if I don't even get to the rest of it till next week, that's okay. Uh, before we switch topics, I want to see if there's questions about this topic of slowing down, evaluating your thoughts, asking what's valuable to me, and learning to live by those thoughts instead of the ones that aren't valuable to you. So any questions about this or comments, sharings, anything is permitted as long as it's on this topic. All right, Lena. Uh, hello, everyone. It's uh, absolutely amazing how... Uh, how today it was exactly that what you are talking about. Uh, I was I am watching my thoughts for one year, and I am completely amazed how useless our thoughts. And I'm sharing with my husband today my my realization 
Do you know how our thoughts are useless? He's saying, what our thoughts are useless? I'm saying, but see, if we are hungry, what we are doing? We are going and eat, right? This is a physical uh, kind of problem, right? Then if we upset, what we are doing? We are sitting and complaining. We don't solve the problem, but the emotional problem is the same. It's uh, our emotions are saying, hey, Lena, uh, hey, Richard, something is wrong. Can you take care of it? But we are not. We are sitting complaining, then we are calling to our friends, complaining to them. Uh, then we are going, uh, actually somebody going depressed. But we need to solve the problem and watch your thoughts. The same and the same. I completely agree with you. I When I watch my thoughts, it will be like 25, 20 thoughts. And the rest is just repeating, repeating, repeating. Yes. And I think, wow, they are so useless. It's I came <laughs> today. Regina, just today. I think uh, I don't hear my uh, Holy Spirit by voice, but he is leading me leading me and showing me that I'm on the right way. I'm on the right direction. And my husband is asking me, why do we do that? I thought it's uh, simply what our parents did. They taught us, if we are hungry, go and eat. But if we are upset, sit and complain. And preferably complain with your friends. And we are doing that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And I love one of the things that you said that I want to repeat, which is kind of funny that I want to repeat it. But you talked about how our thoughts just kind of repeat, 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 right? How many people have noticed that? Like, uh, you know, I could have just listened to the story once. No, I had to listen to the same story in my mind 200 yeah, times. Yeah, <laughs> like, what does that serve? <laughs> right? Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And the a question, Regina, can you clarify resistance? Oh, uh, I kind of didn't experience much, and the I like literally what is that? Yeah, resistance can show up in a lot of ways. So I can't sit here and list all the ways that resistance can show up. But the core of resistance is it's showing up to keep you from following what I'll call the right path, whatever the right path is in the moment. For example, if your guidance is to sit down and, you know, look at your thoughts, like if you're hearing me teach this tonight and you're hearing, oh yeah, I need to do that. I really do. That's called guidance. That's guidance. But then when you get up tomorrow and your mind says, well, first let me check these 50 emails. <laughs> well, first let me do this. And then you never sit down and journal. That's actually resistance. Okay. The resistance is anything that keeps you from following the right path. Sometimes resistance can feel very negative, like just these strong emotions, you know. Sometimes resistance can just be a different idea. I'll do this instead. Oh, right? Yeah, I recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so anything that keeps you from following the right path is resistance and the right path being your guidance. Yeah, with meditation, uh, usually one thought comes, oh, it's wonderful, but tomorrow I will do it much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thank you, Lena. Thank you. Thank and George, I noticed your hand. Um, you know, this excerpt was in a handout you gave in a retreat a couple of years ago. And I said to you, isn't this just the forgiveness process where you're just looking at everything with Holy Spirit? And you said, no, you're missing something. It's telling you to slow down. 
and that's something that just never occurred to me, you know. And so, I guess speed kills, you know. Yes. Slowing down is a big deal, and it's just something that's been invisible to me for so long. And it's slowing down is a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us, not everyone here, but a lot of us are old. I don't want to offend anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we're old. And guess what's happening in our life anyway? It's slowing down anyway if we don't fill it with other stuff. So what what an advantage, huh? (laughs) You know, there was an earlier time in our life, and some of them are still at that time, when slowing down may be more challenging. They go to work every day. They have kids when they get home, you know. But some of us, you know, I mean, really, what's our excuse? Now, I will admit, when I was doing this, I was one of these people that went to work every day in the beginning. I had kids. And you know what I did? I got up at four in the morning so I could slow down before the day started. So if you want to do it, you can do it, right? But for some of us, it's a whole lot easier. And we need to to be grateful that it's a whole lot easier and take advantage of it. Yeah. I was grateful when it got to the point that I didn't have to get up at four in the morning. However, you know, I still get up at five on most days. Yeah, I still get up at five on most days because uh, I still do have a job, <laughs> believe it or not. I still have a lot of things I'm doing. Just ask Anne. She's sending me emails every two seconds. <laughs> and, and staying up late and sleeping late is counterproductive to that process for oh, me, at least. That was, that's an excellent example of resistance. You know, one resistance I used to fight through is I would sit down and I would start watching TV and then the next show and then the next show. And then the next show. And you know what? What's funny about it? I wasn't even enjoying it. I was dead tired. I wanted to go to bed. But it's like I was too tired to get up and get ready. And so I would sit there watching all these stupid TV shows that I didn't even care about. And then as a result, I had to sleep in the next morning. I didn't have time for my meditation, my contemplation, my journaling. You see, that's when way resistance shows up. Now, I still have to watch TV. And that's interesting. If I don't sit down and watch TV for at least half an hour, uh, it's not easy for me to go to sleep. Like if I'm doing stuff all the way till time I go to bed. So I need that. But now what I do is I sit down at either eight or sometimes eight thirty, and I and I do still watch stupid shows. <laughs> Meaning, you know, some of y'all know I watch Gunsmoke, I watch Big Bang Theory, I watch Andy Griffith. I'm not watching anything that you get overly involved in. But in that setting down and watching TV for half an hour, an hour, it gets me ready to go to bed at nine go straight to sleep, and then I'm ready to wake up at five and do it all over again. So now TV has gone from being a resistance to being a tool that aids me in keeping that schedule. Isn't that interesting? Which means you can't really judge the TV. You have to judge how you're using the TV. You see? Yeah. Any other comments? We only have eight minutes, but we have plenty of time for comments. Hey, kitty, kitty. All right, then. I I, I have a feeling we have music coming next. Marisol has her hand up. Thank you, Marisol. Hi, Regina. Hi. Uh, I I was listening to um, the soundtrack of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar today. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And it just kind of, it just hit me how... The whole story 
of Jesus and dealing with, I don't know what to call them, the elders or the people who wrote the laws of how you're supposed to be or how you have to follow a certain religion or whatever, like the old ways of thinking, how that just is like that whole metaphor about our, the, this whole process. It's like the resistance and everything. It just, whenever there's a threat to the system, it was like Christ is that threat. Truth yeah. is that threat. <laughs> yeah. it's that threat. And then it's just like it goes crazy because it wants to keep the status quo or keep. So I just found that so interesting. And with this teaching, it was just so perfect with all of that. So thank you. You know, one of, I have a few favorite songs in that musical, but one of my favorite songs is the very first one, Too Much Heaven on Their Minds, when Judas is singing. Because, you know, Judas thinks he has so much clarity. He knows so much more than Jesus. And, you know, he's so right. And Jesus is so wrong. And I love that song because it shows how we can listen to our own ego and not even know we're listening to our own ego. That's what I see Judas demonstrating for us in that song. Yeah. Thank you, Marisol. Thanks. Uh, Rhoda, I think I saw your hand while ago. Do you still want to share? I don't see her, so maybe not. Maybe she had to go somewhere. Well, I'm definitely not going to start the next part because we only have five minutes. So um, if there's anybody else who has anything they want to share, I think it's better that we use the time this way than me starting something new. Okay, Tatiana. Okay. Uh, a few days, I don't remember what was the day and what was the lesson on the uh, gentle healing too, but it was a few days ago, and I, I had several problems, which I literally saw by reading NTI, that that is my resistance, why I draw myself towards the things. One was a war in Ukraine, and then another one, one was uh, my desire to entertain me, and you mentioned it today, yeah. <laughs> entertain me. And when I start to entertain myself, I can't stop. And I know that I, I actually don't like it anymore, but I didn't turn it into this way to make me sleep. I, uh, I feel not sleeping for a long time. And another one was a real problem in my life. I need to make a decision about something. And that decision was something which threw me out of my peace. And I was thinking that there are a lot of fear about it. If I do this, this and that happened. And I question do I really know about that? And it was a several questions about that. Do I really know about that? And I said, I have no idea. So bit by bit, this questioning of my fear brought me to the feelings that I didn't forgive my kids for certain behavior when they were younger because they were kind of, it seems to me that they were kind of hostile to me. They didn't love me. They didn't appreciate me. And that's why they behave this way. And I felt, well, that is why I have uh, this moment to decide something. Because I was thinking that I have to protect my money, my property, whatever. But really, it's not that. It was 
It was my purpose that I want to heal my mind. And it was my hmm, real decision that I have to do it in love. And how to do it in love, it was just very simple. I have to forgive my kids, which has almost kind of, hmm, it, it had something to do with the problem to solve, but it was not straightforward for my mind at all. And yeah. And when I started to, to do this forgiveness and say, please take these visions, take these episodes of our life together with them away from me, because I, it's not what I want anymore. It's not what uh, serving me anymore. And I start to feel peace and I start to just be totally quiet. Things still happening, like I have to take decisions, but they, they were kind of me mechanical decisions. I, I could do this right now and then wait, whatever comes, and then probably do something else. I don't bunch those problems anymore in my mind. I Very just good. let them be. And uh, I think resistance decreased quite a bit. It's increased, yes. And I'm just trying to flow in spite of lots of events happening one after another. And I have to be into that events, but not, not really into them. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was so helpful because NTI, and it's even it was said somewhere, I don't remember, I, I wanted to find it, but I didn't. It said, you are reading it because it's written for you. <laughs> you have, and that's how I read it. It's, it was written for me, how to solve this problem for me right now. And I was reading every single set, word. You said that it was written for you, but I really took it for me and I really felt it. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. And every single moment was, yes, it is speaking to me. And I'm not sure that I really felt before so clearly speaking Holy Spirit to me, like through this NTI chapter, you know? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing all of that. And uh, we are out of time, but oh, I, will tell you, <laughs> I will tell you that next week, uh, one of the things we're going to look at is resistance a little more. That's what's coming up next in NTI Luke chapter 12. All right. So I will see you all next week. And uh, that's it for me for now. Bye.